1: A grain of rice. A, a grain
2: of rice. want
0: going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now,
1: come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. For mission, was the, the show? Then we're no longer a whipping the
2: whipping boys of monster!
3: Morning, lads. How we doing? Good. How are, all? How are y'all? It's a lovely day out there today, isn't it? Sorry, Ken. Sorry, Ken. We've all been there, kid.
4: We've got all with, Hogan with, with day us, day lads. Night. Great day to at my championship to Daleo, Dalo, thanks very much for that.
3: <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. Well, like you got the invitation, I suppose, around Wednesday or Thursday, like so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we don't often meet, <coughs> be, be, meet Ian Turles in, uh, um, that's two in a row now, beating Ian Turles in the yeah. championship. Like, it's, it's, it's heady times, like, for clear people. You have to take the good with the bad
4: and the rough with the smooth. And uh, yesterday was a, a real eye-opener for us all, I think, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It certainly was. Can I suppose follow on on the week before as well? I, I, I kind of was delighted. A lot of Clare people were a bit scared with the way Waterford, uh, the Waterford tip match went, you know. But I was kind of delighted in that it put Orfila's I think on full alert. Like, you know, that 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 tip were coming with something new and something different. I think Orfila's really were tuned in.
4: Like, <clears throat> yeah, big time. And you mentioned before in your preview of the match that you know if your forwards fire, um. You have a great chance of winning and that's the way it transpired as well the way the way they set up brilliantly i mean uh sean tracy's knowledge of the killer set up um i think bore fruition as well which which with two meter peter going in on, on on james quigley you know it was a huge huge fillip for Claire in the fact that peter duggan was so effective in there and then you had you had shane o'donnell and and ian galvin sniping around the place and of course the biggest, the biggest uh, dread of all for us was the Tony Kelly situation. Tony, I think, without without playing well, he, he actually played a stormer because he 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 just ventured out into the middle of the field. Seamus Kennedy followed him, and it left wide open gaps at the back for for for, for Claire to slide. kicks flight.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those mornings that we all remember. The four of us, you know, uh, morning after championship. I suppose the only thing you have is. You have hope, you have two games, I suppose, and, and you, you have to go at it. How are you doing, uh, TJ? You're looking down on everyone there, um, just smirking away and everything's cautious
1: with you. Early days, still. Oh, good, good, good weekend again. Uh, Limerick won, uh, Liverpool won. We had an old winner on, on the old GGs as well. And we have more to come and Punch Town coming this week. The sun is shining, lots of positives. A few injuries, which will be the only thing that will bring us down You'd have to say yes. Good position and happy uh, the way things are standing. That's
3: the stuff, uh, Mister Landers. We have to thank you uh, publicly. Now Larry was kind of on the day's holidays and the show didn't go up very early. Like, but uh, Lord Larry, what a what a call! Um, what a call! Oh, and you were in Kilkeen and mark and you never caught the Murphy's for a pint
2: Like, well, the time I was passing, there was no lights under, and there was no lights under coming home. I don't I can tell you.
3: Well, but, well the, the second part is
2: down to yourself now. The first part, I wouldn't be open that early in a Wednesday, not like. <laughs> Well, I must say, we were treated to a fantastic evening in kilkee A good friend of mine, Pat Blake, went to the house. He was a bit hoarse. At that stage, I said, Pat, is a bit like an All-Ireland final week now. I said, the cup is here, the supporters are here. You're showing a rerun on the television. And ev- every time they jumped the fence, the cheers were getting louder and louder. So... It was a fantastic uh, call, I must say. And, um, but obviously, with the new shiny jacket you had last night on the Sunday game, I'd say you had a few quid on her. But I was talking <laughs> to a fella yesterday, and he said, whatever you do, say it to Dele, he's had a great weekend. Because he said he spread the gospel in Kerry, day one over the weekend. Then he went to the Limerick, to the academy. They had a big win over the weekend. Then he went on to the dubs, and he spread the gospel there as well. And they had a win. And then he said, finally finishing it off, the Pat Fitzgerald and Davy Fitz wrote the gospel in clear, but Dela was the man to lift the cup. You finish it off with the <laughs> accumulator, the, four, <laughs> the four-timer <laughs> over the weekend for Dela. So I said to myself, <laughs> you, you must have went into the pocket to get a new jacket last night for the Sunday game, kid.
3: No, I'll, I'll have to thank Stephen O'Garman and all-in uh, Patrick Porks menswear in Ennis uh, for kicking me <laughs> up. Um, I'll have to get a black t-shirt off for next week and a pair of jeans and a pair of runners. <laughs> <They're way> runners <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> I see. And, and you left the young flea with the gizmo then as well, like. Well, like it's all his idea as far as I'm concerned. Like you know, the, he, he's. I was great as well. Like you know, he was he was quite happy to have a go at it. So I said, go on. And I suppose you're picking out a couple of bits then that you could add. Hi, you highlight the yeah. burns there, no? Oh, I I think this is a savage piece of analysis here on Burns and and the transition to attack if 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 it's possible, you know. So. But I was happy to tight, let him do the circles tight, in the lights like I, I
2: I draw no, I was actually waiting for you to say roll it there, Roisin, will
3: you? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I tell you my. uh anyway. Wesley, well and, done, Wesley. And, I was uh, Wesley was a bit sour at me, I'd say, for giving out about Derek last week about the, the gizmo. Uh, anyway, yeah, I've had, yeah. But, uh, no. Look, well, I yeah, see, what we... and,
2: and in fairness, and in fairness to you, you bought the the sub the Kilkee Sub Aqua uh, board, which as well I see that in your hand as well. Jesus. I said that board is after seeing a lot of uh, venues this year now. that Landers, that's about your first time
3: staying up to watch the Sunday game. I said about two <laughs>
4: <that>. <laughs> He was
1: falling, I think, Dillo. He was falling. Well, were um, you falling, Mark?
2: Well, yeah. I had a Philly, Philly fall last night, yeah, we didn't get a whole pile of uh, sleep now, and we have to head to Nace now this afternoon, myself and the farm manager, Mr Sean Hannity, we're heading yes. off to Nace because we've got a runner, we're taking on the big boys again tonight in Nace, Edna O'Brien and Joseph and Willie McCreary, so the Inchick well, Quinn maid is making her second outing in a maiden tonight, so we're, I don't know what I'd be having a few quid, not to be honest with you, but I'm just hoping... That she could do herself justice. Uh, she ran Fiercewell in the Maiden uh, thirteen days ago. And Joseph, I'm under the impression, sold the second house for significant money during the week. So if we got a few if we got place tonight, Delaware, you mightn't see me for a couple of weeks, Kid.
3: Jesus, I tell you one thing, Ken. <clears throat> join the guards or join the bank like I did, like was a bad move under like your man. Oh, like... Sure.
4: These entrepreneurs, <laughs> I tell you, they're
3: unbelievable. <laughs> so we'll start um, I suppose we'll start in the Gaelic grounds I suppose the clash of the All-Ireland champions and the National League champions and like, is there any way of stopping this crowd like is, there, is like I mean they're down the three boys that are injured and the hurler of the year goes off carrying a hamstring and yet they, they kind of breeze into a seven points lead after scoring nine points to one I know they did concede two goals but they still went away and got the last two points but is, I don't know, I'm beginning to wonder, or are they just a bit like Kenny Rain can, can they nearly, have, yeah.
4: sometimes nearly have you beaten now before you go out, like? Yeah, how many consecutive championship games is that now that they have won, I think, 11 or 12 consecutive championship games without defeat, so, um, outstanding game, to tell you the truth, lads, I thought the, the hurling was top class, the hits were brilliant, uh, Garrod got his customer yellow very early, three or four minutes, but like you have to say that he was tackling savagely, he was hit himself. Uh, you know, he gives it and takes it, uh, but he set down the marker for the for the whole game in the way the game transpired. Like Walter did a lot of hurting, you know, in the first half. They had the benefit of that strong breeze, but out of nowhere, um, Limerick just uh railed them in, kept clipping over pints left, right and centre. We talk about goals winning matches and of course yesterday, uh, you know, it was a total uh, difference there from that point of view but I, I, I felt Aaron Gillan's ball winning ability was unbelievable like um, we talk about setups and matches and systems of play and, and playing through the lines but you know Dermot Burns won a ball and, and just launched it he didn't have to pick out anybody and Gillan is capable of winning the ball you know turning on a sixpence heading for goals he's either hauled down or he gets a, a, a score and uh, I suppose that's where the other teams are lacking a small bit. Kenny had it, had that in abundance, the Owen Larkins of this world, the Richie Powers of this world, so, who could win hard ball, Big Walter in his head but, um, but the other teams are lacking that in a big way. The Tom Morrisseys, the Gerard Hegarties, Cian Lynchs, not know who's that work rate is savage. But inside, to have full forwards inside that can win their own ball, catch their own ball, like Peter Duggan did yesterday for for Claire, for is a huge fill of tiny forward line because it creates enormous opportunities then, you know, uh, with players running off the shoulder and things like that. So, um, Limerick looked awesome. Uh, they picked up a few injuries, as TJ mentioned. That is going to happen in the round-robin situation. With hamstrings, you can't take chances because if you aggravate that problem or uh, give it another tear, you know, and it uh, it goes up the grades. Then you're in big big trouble. So I think Claire our Limerick will be very mindful of the fact that they need to have Kyle Hayes and the Keane Lynches of this world really hopping off the ground come the All Ireland series. And you know that's that's not insulting monster uh, finals or anything like that. But they need to have their guys fit and ready to go when it when it really counts.
3: Yeah, hundred percent, and and yeah, they're they're just such top class players that. And it's going to hurt any team. But, Mark, you know, Watford, he, he did a fair. I, we, Anyone that listens to the show will know how highly we rate Irla Daily, you know, and but to take out the All Star full back and put him out on Hego to throw Irlaine and Gillen. Now, look what happened, as I probably highlighted last night, that was misfortune,
2: it was an injury, but did it upset their overall? I know they started very well, like. <clears throat> they had that started first, well, into and that they, they had gone four or five points clear, and there was no major mention of Galan early in the game, and no doubt Irla Daly's, um injury certainly upset them to a certain degree. Um, now I, I suppose, like he, to be fair, the daily he was having a reasonably good game on, Irla Daly, or on um or on Galan at that time, but it was a big call I thought by uh, by Cahill to move Prunty out of the full back line into the half back line and. That's more, I suppose, a respect that they have for, um, for Gerard Hagerie, I'd say, than trying to upset their own team. But you know what? Isn't it great that Cahill had a go? That's the most important thing. Like, I always think you learn a bit more in defeat than you do in victory. And like, t- I'm oh, sorry, what if we're going to go away from the match over the weekend now, Anthony? And I think they'll analyse that till the cows come home and say, right, what do we know, need to get right for the next day? I suppose, then look at the fact that Jamie Barron didn't start for the whole game. He'll be a big plus coming back. Um, And then whether you leave Prunty on the edge of the square or not. And I suppose a bit surprising that they didn't start Carrick Daly as well at the same time, even though he didn't do too bad when he came on. So I think there's a lot of learnings there for for Waterford, Anthony. They would be bitterly disappointed. But you know what is important? They never gave up. They never let the head sag in any shape or form. They got the two goals late in the game. They'll probably point to a couple of scores that they probably missed, that they probably should have scored. And I suppose the the one man during the league, Stephen Bennett, was reasonably okay, but wasn't any brilliant, you know, wasn't his brilliant best. And I think for Waterford, like we got a massive, they got a massive tune out of Desi Hutchinson in the second half in particular. He was brilliant. But if Stephen Bennett had played a little bit better, I suppose they would be an awful lot closer. So for Waterford to win, I suppose the next uh you know, depending, and we've we probably already touched on it, whether they want to be in a Munster final or whether it's suiting to be to come through the back door. That might be something that's obviously going to play out over the next couple of weeks. But I think if I really was in Waterford shoes, I don't know whether I want to be playing Limerick again in a Munster final. I think the next time they meet them will be, would be, they would prefer to be a little bit further down the track. I think Liam Cahill will take a lot away from the weekend. That's no disrespect. We all know that Limerick are the best team in the country and they're hot favourites now, I presume, to win the All-Ireland because as I suppose with 10 minutes to go, they were gone seven points clear and they looked like they were going to go on and maybe win by eight or nine or ten points. Um, but I, I would still say, I think if I was in Waterford's shoes, I learned a lot from the weekend, but I prefer maybe to only just be meeting them once more during this season. Yeah, but, um, like, okay, I'd say
3: the Limerick goal line, you know, for the 21 yard free mark would be, they'd be disappointed to let it in. It seemed a low dipper from Stephen Bennett. But if that hadn't come and Limerick had gone up as we probably expected them when they went seven and got three more points, you say, like, and it was 10, which, I mean, they did get a couple of more points afterwards. But would you say they've learned a lot then, like, I'm, I'm a bit. Like if you look at Claire and Tip and what Claire could do to Tip, now every day is different. We we totally understand that, and every day out is
2: different. But is there a dip in more effort since the league finally? Like? I wouldn't think. So. Well, I, okay. You you could look at it from a like if if you go on a clear line of farm and the Tipperary as being the line of farm, but this I wanted a struggle to beat Tip. It was a topsy turvy game. They led. Tip took over. Then they came back, and Tip closed it out well. Um, and then Tip got really Hockeyed over the weekend Like did Tip put everything into the water for a game They looked jaded and exhausted Just um, You know, We always say that the first match Is probably the key one And Clare were eye- eyeing up this game For the last five or six months So they were going to come with, with, with everything they had Can you? we've always said that If you had a game under your belt It's a little bit better So it's very hard to read the form at this moment in time But Anthony we know deep down Waterford are a really, really good team. Now, Ghislaine hit points over his shoulder without looking on Saturday night and they were incredible. And the home crowd were massive as well, I thought, for Limerick as well. Um, and they got they got really, really good performances from a lot of the players, the Limerick players. Can the Limerick lads continue with that level of performance? That's That's a big question. Like, it was only two months ago, there was a bit of a you know, concerned about their form in the league, but they now have shown how good they are. But will they will they continue to to? I suppose to produce that type of performance, and we just definitely know it's in them. But will there be a lag at some stage? The injuries are going to like Kyle, um, like Kyle Hayes. I expect might be back, but they mightn't. They mightn't. in the next day, Keane Lynch could be out for three or four weeks. So there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things to play out yet, Anthony. But I think from a Waterford perspective, you know, they definitely came thinking they would have a right go. And I felt they did have a they did have a good go off of it. But there's definitely more in Waterford. Like Ty de Borca is one of their best players. He was quite enough on Saturday night. There's more in him and there's more in Stephen Bennett. And I suppose Ozzy, even though he hadn't been named to start, had a really reasonably good game again. But for for Limerick to be beaten and for Waterford to beat them They'll need every, Waterford will need every player, Anthony, playing at one hundred percent and getting every rub of the green. But I think that they still have that ability to take down Limerick, John of this year.
3: Okay, I I probably agree to differ with that one. I will see. Yes, it's time panel. TJ John John let him out for a few pints and all Saturday night. Like you you you're you're looking at the overall roadmap now, and you're saying is in our hands you now to pick out. You know, we win the next day we have a nice and handy one then out and then it's like might leave off a few might ask you to do that as well TJ But uh no look it looks it looks cautious for you like doesn't it?
1: Look, I, I suppose winning your first two games and, and, and having four points on the board is exactly where you'd want to be. Um with two weeks to the next game was a perfect time to have let's say a a, a night off for sure. I I, I I'm kinda of with Mark on this one, Delo. I I I think that you're underestimating Waterford's head. I thought that they did an awful lot right um, like Prunty picking up Hego Irla Daly picking up Gillan they sent Callum Lines after Willow Dunahoo and he had an unbelievable first half they sent Austin Gleason to 12 to, to target Burns so they really went after the hammer the hammer effect in terms of, in, kind of hurt Limerick they were playing down go, were
3: out, TJ after playing with the wind at halftime
1: they were but the couple of things I think they learned from right was the, the, the couple of stats that they out for me was Limerick had 12 place balls and they scored 12 of them right? Gillan and Burns, 100%, right? Uh, Waterford at 14 and they scored 10. Uh, Stephen missed two handy ones, or Stephen and Ozzy missed just before half time, two that just drifted left and in the start of the second half, they had a 65 and another handy free by his standards, so 10 from 14, so th- th- that's one small area. They also, in the second half, down the right-hand side with Ozzy, created a couple of nice goal chances where it was kind of on, like Desi was on the far side of Jack Prendergast. If the pass had been on, they maybe could have got a goal. In the first half in front of me as well, one of the probably unluckiest passes of the year from Jack Prendergast, where he tried to pick out Jack Fagan just over, basically, Mike Casey. It just didn't go to hand. There was a goal on there. So it, it, it seemed to be in their psyche that they needed to get goals. Make no mistake about Dillo. this was a proper game. Two yeah. teams went at it, they caused each other problems. Um, Kinerk like and Kylie were animated once or twice on the puck because Waterford were having success. They did have their period on top and they did go 8-3 up. Um, you have two of the best strikers of the ball at the moment in the game in, in Austin Gleeson and Dermot Burns, fronting up. Possibly two best number 13s. Uh, Aaron Galan got six from play, Desi got five from play. Possibly two of the best managements. Possibly the two fittest teams in terms of the, 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 the strength and conditioning and the way they can go after each other and survive in that middle third. So, a couple of referee calls were a bit dubious and even maybe a little bit harder than for once or twice. I know the Limerick crowd were getting animated about the Hego situation. They were savaging I th- him. I thought they were savaging him, yeah. But, like, like the, 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 the tackle like for um, the hook on Tom Morrissey was excellent, which resulted in a free in, which was harsh. There was another one for overcarrying and the one maybe against Gerald Hegelty for overcarrying in the second half and maybe even the free against them. And, uh, Tom Barron, will say, for holding Galan just for half-time. There was lots of different incidents in the game. So overall, right, the other, other deciding factor was Limerick got five pints off the bench. Colin O'Neill three, David Reedy won and Pat Ryan won. Whereas Waterford got no score off their bench, right? Now, they still have a strong panel. Irla Daly going off was a bit of a loss to them. And I suppose the question I don't know is the guys that were missing for Limerick, what is that percentage difference? Like, what does Mike, Mike or Peter Casey, Seamus Flanagan, Keen Lynch... I think one of the stats that got hit with, um, so my brother said it to me yesterday, was Keane Lynch was on for nine minutes, and I think he had eight possessions in nine minutes. Right? So uh, that'll just tell you the influence that he can have in a game. But Carl O'Neill did have a really good game. I know two of them got away from him. Um, and the overall picture was Limerick had 41 shots at the post and Waterford had 33. So that probably told the story. But I think Kyle will be happy enough, Dello. I think that th- he saw an awful lot of positives. Yes, they'll have to take every single chance. Yes, they probably would have found out that there are a couple of goals there if they can go after them. And, you know, like on a given day, they'll have to take every single chance. From Limerick's point of view, John will definitely be happy, given what he has dealt with, with injuries. But look, th- th- these are going to be factors in the games coming up. He'll be happy with what he got off. Even Conor Boyle, right? He's worked great. And I watched the game back. He was involved in a lot of the play. He was trying to make things happen for the other players. It did work to a certain degree. And as I said, Carl O'Neill is a big plus. He's a forward now who can start. He can score. He's rangy. He's quick. He offers something different. So plenty positives there. And maybe defensively in the second half, I thought once Limerick got the grips with him, outside of the two goals, that Declan Hannan, Dan Morrissey burns axes. Cannon cut three or four big balls there at times in the second half and lifted the siege. So, de- definitely would be very happy to have two games won. But like you all say, it's early. There's no medals yet, there. No, there isn't. And just to say, I was watching
3: it in the studio up in Dublin. Um, be heading home there in a while now. A few Wi-Fi issues. There, apologies to anyone if the sound isn't hectic. But um, heading to, heading to Houston when we come off the air, TJ. But TJ, someone said to me there was at the game that. A few of your lads had run out to the sideline to ask um, a couple of things. So maybe, maybe what you're touching on is right that they did pose different questions. And, um, but I think Ken touched them as well. They're like that. Didn't allow Tig the Borca to dominate or to sweep. Like Graham Mull and Conor Byland seem to be coming out on him in their turns to to kind of man mark him. Was was that sticking out at you at the match? I. It's very hard to see that stuff on the screen. Like obviously.
1: it was, it was. And and, and didn't have that influence in the game. And I'd say I, I I would say there'll be a change there to some degree. Maybe tyke might be picking up somebody or he might position himself differently if the teams meet again down the road. But Limerick's use of the ball, as you well know at this stage, is very good. So Tyke sitting in the pocket, they're well prepared for that. They've that well versed during the week and they'll make sure they get the ball. But I suppose the other big plus for Limerick would be in the form of Gillan. Like some of his scores he got were just unbelievable. Like out to side, he was really a player in top form. He scored 13 points altogether, six of them from play. It was a phenomenal return, and they needed him to be that good. But the overall game. I, I still think Waterford caused a few problems. You probably would have seen anyone who was at the game in the second half. Limerick were trying to quell their puck out a couple of times where they were getting the puck out away a little bit easier. But overall, as I said, I, I would have been impressed enough with Waterford. I still think they'll have a big say. They will definitely qualify. And I do think there will be in round two or possibly maybe at some stage down the road, whether it be in Munster or whether it be in all Ireland series, um, for sure.
3: Yeah, and one of the things, Ken, I... I... We, we did the road shows there, uh, the three of us, you know, and we were in Limerick and in Cork and um, I probably might have given him a, Diddy Hutchison as a player we all love, I think, to watch. And, and uh, did he finally maybe shake off the, the Sean Finn thing a little bit? Uh, did I, I kind of was slagging a bit that he was brilliant until, until he met Sean Finn, but geez, he, he caused him a, few, a fair few problems on Saturday.
4: Yeah, I mean, Waterford obviously, uh, TJ alluded to the situation of creating goal chances. Now, let's face it. Let's call it a spade a here. Waterford don't like going to Limerick. They don't like travelling to Limerick. There's history there of going to Limerick. So they really had nothing to lose going down uh, the other night. You know, they had a huge travelling support with them. Limerick, obviously, have, you know, Ross's support at this stage, you know, great support, um, hugely successful. So I think Cattle decided this is it now, we'll have a cut off this. And this is why he did those type of matchups because he was preparing maybe for down the line, what are we going to have here? How will things work out here uh, from the perspective of taking these guys on again? Conor Prunty didn't have a happy day against the Prairie on Marqueaux. So obviously he gave him a different role with Hegarty. Irla Daly unfortunately got injured and Irla has picked up a couple of injuries as well, which has uh, curtailed his involvement. So, I think Walter would be quite happy with what happened last, last weekend. You know, they scored two goals, uh, you know, in the last five, ten minutes. So they know they can create openings there. Sean Finn, an outstanding cornerback. Daisy Hodgson, the delivery of the ball and the passes. The Jack Krindegas, the creator there. I think they're going along the right lines, Walter. in the fact that in the tortoises or the crow parks, particularly later on in the year, the Jack Printergast will prosper. Jamie Barron, you mentioned him, will prosper in the open spaces. It's to create the space for Desi Hutchison. That's the that's the key thing. No matter how good cornerback you are, as you well know, lads, if you are given that position and with the hands that Desi has, and Desi's good in the air for a smaller guy like Shane O'Donnell yesterday, he can win that hard ball as well. But I just think, you know, don't write off Liam Cahill or Mikey bevens because they, they prosper on uh, on being against the odds. You know, the last two Munster Finals with Tipperary came back to win two All Irelands. Um they love that siege mentality. Liam will be putting it up to the Wall for guys. And I think, as you said yourselves, they'll be going back to the drawing board. They'll be discussing matchups. They'll be discussing permutations. But the, the key thing here is that Limerick are in the driving seat, right? Um it's whether Limerick like it or not, it's all for Limerick to lose at a knockout stage, particularly semi-final or final. They're the two huge games for Limerick. So they've got to look down the road. I think it's a fantastic situation for John to be able to allow his players to have a night out on the town. Enjoy the crack because this is a huge journey for this Limerick team in the last three or four years. They're having a savage time. Great crack as well. Enjoying their hurling. Playing with confidence. But I think Walford will be lurking in the wings. Uh, You mentioned they will qualify for Munster probably. Uh, Whether they can qualify as a second or third team is a big ask. But I think uh, from everybody's point of view, uh, Waterford and Leverett playing in Crow Park or Torres is a different proposition, to be fair, than playing in the Gaelic Grounds last Saturday night, you know, where it was 10 to one home support.
1: Yeah. What was intriguing during the game, is, and, and I was trying to keep up with it to some degree, was the movement of the forwards. Let's say maybe, where was Conor and exactly positioned? What was his role? What was he trying to do in and out, right? Where was Patrick Curran playing? Desi was in and out. He was making runs from different places. Um, Jack Fagan's run for that ball, as I said, that, that, that Prendergast gave him like from wing back. There was a huge amount of movement. The other thing I think that's hugely positive for Limerick at the moment, and he's a player, obviously he's an all-star, dealer just gone, but he doesn't maybe get to the limit that some of the others get is Darrow Dunn. He was unbelievable in the middle of the field. The amount of possessions he had. Those two points he got were a critical time, which gave Limerick that little bit of a kind of a, a gap, like he got one off his left, right at the sideline, and then the goalkeeper made a bit of mistake and he put it back over the bar. That was probably yeah. just gave put, Limerick the full real from, bit pushy of pushy from
3: three out to five ahead. Like,
1: yeah, that yeah. was huge. That was huge, and as I said just he just a huge, huge impact in the game. But yeah, re- really intriguing game. Like what I said, Wanford definitely have the players. I, there was a lot to like about it, but from Limerick's point of view, certainly be happy certainly coped with it and lots of different things going on even in the puck outs. and you probably saw a reaction from John on the sideline there when Waterford got a puck out away to Aussie and he suckled over the barrel and touched which he didn't like and stuff so there was, there was plenty of it going on and to be honest in the stand trying to keep up with every move and tactical change it was as good a game as I had, I've been at in a long time now, I'd say in a couple of years they, they, they
2: really fronted up and went at each other Um, Sean stacked the referee what did he contribute to the game, did you think? Like,
1: in fairness to Sean, right, and, and, and I said this at the time, right, it, this thing was so quick and it was so intense in the tackle, right? And I know some people have highlighted it since because when you go in, right, and let's say somebody comes in, what is a free and what is not a free? That's one of the challenges these referees have going forward. And When they put in a hand and the second hand goes in and they pull it out and I mean the spare hand, it, it, extremely difficult. In fairness, in difficult circumstances, I thought he did as good as he could. Like, I'm sure both Walter and Limerick can pinpoint incidents and say that could have been a free, that wasn't over carrying. There was a couple of iffy throws or whatever were hand passes. But what I will say at the moment, especially in the game just gone, I, I, I just don't know the future of a referee. And I was against maybe two referees before. But I'd say trying to keep up with everything that's going on now at the moment. It was just so quick. Yeah. Even the puck outs yeah. getting away so quick. Just really, really hard to keep up with.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I, I thought, in fairness, I, I thought he had a great game, and
1: yeah, I actually, like,
2: there, there was a huge amount of, like, Hagerty was very animated on a good few occasions, and he's a lucky boy, yeah. he, he didn't get yellow carded for the first tackle, in yeah, actual he, fact, after yeah, the first 10 or 15 seconds, he so... He, he didn't
1: panic, and I thought his body language was good at times. I think yeah. to say he had a great game might be a bit, maybe, over the top. I think if it was, if it was maybe some, some other referee that we might be hard on, we might be saying that he missed four or five. Like, the hook on Tom Morrissey was probably a harsh free to give away. There was a couple of other incidents where it was over carry and They were questionable. But, it, as I said, it's gone very difficult. But, overall, yeah, he did contribute, and, 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 and he did have a good day, out. But I will say, to be fair to the referees, and I be hard on them a lot of times, This game is getting more and more difficult to get those calls. The middle third is mad. Especially in this particular one where the two teams fronted up.
4: TJ, we we need new referees. We need fresh referees. Sean Stack, I think, is a breath of fresh air. I think he knows the game. He understands the game. He's with the players. He's talking to the players. Um, We're crying out for guys like him. I've seen him before, you know, refereeing. I think he has the pedigree. I think he knows what he's about. That was the biggest game so far for him. As you said, you found it hard to keep up with every incident. I think the key thing there is the two sideline officials that are mic'd up, TJ. They've got to give the call definite free or definite pole, or definite yellow to give him that opportunity, uh, to give him a bit of uh, a leeway and a bit of fresh air. But as a spectacle, TJ, as well, you were there live. For us watching, it was an unbelievable game. Do you know? The physicality, the the, 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 the hits... Because there was, was a lot of old-fashioned hurling in it as well, which which was great to see as well. We had the mixture of everything. So from that point of view, I, was I say, Ken, yeah, I give Sean Sack great kudos there.
1: Now, I'd have yeah. to. The, the mix was beautiful. Both teams going long at times. Both teams working through the lines. Both teams going short. It, it 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 had it all. It was as good a game as I said I'd been at in a while. It was a proper game.
3: Yeah, I, I, I first came across him refereeing. Obviously, he's Sean Stack's son, the great Sean Stack. He's one of my favs growing up in back-to-back leagues and came across the Cork trainer team, obviously. And obviously, he's he's stacked from eight miles out the road as well, TJ. So maybe maybe them, Rick Crowder, saying hi, hey, Stack. You know, like there there's a neighbourly mm. thing there. Obviously, he's done all his refereeing nearly in Dublin and I would have come across him in Dublin. And I really rate him as a ref. I think he's very fair which is always what I look for first like you know he's very genuine guy that wants to have you know wants it to be a good spectacle and I think that's that's, it's not about him that's that's sometimes my criticism with some of the refs it has to be about them and I think Sean doesn't doesn't want to feature at all like unfortunately you have to blow the whistle every so often I suppose you know so yeah, yeah. I, I remember you,
2: you. I remember you. You, you mentioned him, Dale, about two years ago hmm. on the podcast here. That you were hope you, were, you were, we were talking about young referees, and you mentioned Sean Stack as the one fella from Dublin you thought that would actually might make the breakthrough if he got. But Ken is right in what he just said about the, the, the linesmen being mic up plus the umpires. I think it's critical that those six people, seven people, even the fourth official on the sideline, that they're all on the one wavelength. And their job on the day is to get this game finished without any major incident. And if if at all possible, have both camps going away saying the referee had no influence high up or low down in the match. And that's what we all want to see at the end of the day. We don't want to see a game be decided on a poor refereeing decision. That's that's the big thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, at, unfortunately, sometimes that's what happens. <laughs> it's so does, tight it in, does. in a lot of the games. And you could look at the... Dublin Wexford, we look at it in a small while, you know, down to the last puck, maybe you know, this it's, it's fine yeah. lines, isn't it? it? It is, it sure is. Um, okay, lads, that's I think Limerick. Um, I, I, the 8 to 13 looks good to me now, even. I, I just think there's so <laughs> many, honestly. I, I don't, I think, like, just say, I, I just throw this out like, if Claire and Cork anything could happen next Sunday, right. Anything could happen. I'm looking forward to going along. I haven't been at that many matches. Obviously, I'm curtailed a bit with the transport and but I'm looking forward to to, to hitting off there and, and enjoying the day and uh I know there's a massive one in Salt Hill as well, but um anything could happen in that match, like in Cork coming back from Jurassic Park could be could be like animals <laughs> obviously. <laughs> or
2: kittens, one or the other.
3: <laughs> but like if Cork do pull off a win. Like I think Waterford might have to come to Ennis and get something in the last match and Clare could be playing for their lives as well and while it is one of the biggest pitches in Ireland, Mark it mightn't be that big
2: that day (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 I do I know exactly what you're saying, Dale Rory,
3: Rory Hayes Rory Hayes and Desi Hutchinson could have less space to operate in that day and it has been done before, both in hurling and football yeah. and Park.
2: <laughs> you have to yeah. make uh, space for the photographers on the sideline. I hear you. Ah, yeah,
3: yeah, you'd hate to see anyone knocked out over the line, like That's you know funny.
2: what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like the Tipperary fans in eighty. Was it eighty four when they when they corroded uh, Simple Stadium that time? It was, it it was 87, right eighty seven. Ninety one, Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah,
3: yeah. 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 You were at the other goal, Ken. You were safe enough. I was very safe. I was very safe. <laughs>
4: poor old Jerry got the brunt of it.
3: Uh, I tell you, it's even a... four years later, when, when we had gone a bit clearer ET to end the Munster final, I remembered a bit of a pitch invasive from the clear crowd. And, yeah, and, I, <laughs> and I was marking Gala uh, near the end of it, do you know, Mike Gallagher. And he says to me, Fair play, Dale. I suppose you waited long enough. Like he says, uh, I said, shut up, Gala. And I was roaring at the clear crowd to get off the field. Like, I thought it would be abandoned or something. Do you know, yeah,
2: Jesus, yeah, get
3: yeah. off the field. <laughs> like, you know, like, fucking hell. Queer, queer things happen to us afterwards, like, you know, in terms of uh, whistles being blown earlier. And, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. People sitting down the field and all that. But uh, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter.
0: Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like, what if AI could fold your laundry?
3: Auntie yesterday, I mean, look, for me, it was great. I was watching it there with uh, Desi and Don Log. I suppose, and Wesley. And um, I do get a bit animated, I suppose, watching the Cleo Games. I just couldn't believe what was happening. And I don't know if Brian is still living with Chicken or whatever, but if he came home last night, he might have been asking you, was there anyone minding me, Dad? Like, because the two saves <laughs> he made, like, and the next thing, yeah. it comes out and there's a clear flare and nowhere, no sign of a tip man like, you know. So I couldn't believe what was unfolding in front of my eyes and I'd say, poor old Brian, definitely couldn't believe
4: it. Yeah, we the birds eye view, I suppose, it all, uh, to tell the truth, Dalo, we were apprehensive from the start. I'd be very aware of Sean Tracy's knowledge of Tipperary Horden and also his knowledge of, of, of the Killedangan lads. And uh, obviously Peter Dogan, a huge plus for, for, for Clare in that situation. I think a few things were discussed uh, that we've we've harped on, but Peter Duggan's constant winning of the high ball. He was a huge part to play in the victory. But overall, uh, the strength of the Clare team. We had heard about Clare. I'd right? heard about Clare, uh, uh, Dalo, playing Galway. The, yeah. you know, public previously scoring four goals and uh, Galway were very impressed with the way Clare were moving. So, so I was well aware of the fact that they were going to come, you know, with something big yesterday. They had a point to prove. They were in hard luck last year against us. There was that little bit of controversy about that penalty that was given last year. I think Brendan Butler played a stormer there. It was a bit like James Woodlock in the 16 All-Ireland with Tip and Kilkenny. Brendan made a, you know, a simple remark. I'm very surprised at the appointment of this referee. And all those little things count in, in, in these uh, different situations. So, from that perspective, Tip came with savage intensity against Waterbird. Huge aggression. Noah McGrath was absolutely unbelievable. Had the chances maybe to get at least a draw. Uh, but yesterday, you know, we got caught at Tartar, really, because Clare dominated us from start to finish. We knew, like, the Clare were going to come up on the... Give Tipperary the puck outs. I mean, that was... Clare had huge success against Limerick in the National League, as you remember, in that drawn game, where it was a low-scoring game. They just gave the puck outs to the full back line and crowded the, the middle third, particularly down their own forty-five. And that that sort of transpired yesterday, that the lads were getting the ball, were trying to travel through the lines. We had were getting disrupted. Great intensity from Clare. You know, uh, uh, Davey, uh, David Fitzgerald. Uh, particularly Cahill Malone, broke down a lot of play. Young Robin Munsey, you know, was like a terrier there, flying in on it. Shane O'Donnell playing a wing forward. With, it was a new lease of life for him because he, he was springing on everything. So tips, tipped, tipped, uh, you know, the lines, that breaking down the lines, broke down in a big way there. Anything that went long then that dominated on. So from that perspective, though, Tony Kelly, he's off the ball work yesterday rather than he's on the ball work was a huge factor in, in the win because he played out around the middle of the field. He floated everywhere. Wherever the ball was going, he went the opposite side, which meant he opened huge alleys down the Tipperary defence. And uh, like when you see a four versus two uh, situation for one of the goals, uh, there was actually four forwards uh, against two backs. And then when the ball was saved, when it came back out, the forwards were actually inside the back. So it was so destroying, I suppose, from the point of view of tip. That the balls were saved and hit back into the net. I think that's a bigger kick in the teeth than the actual direct goal being scored. Yeah, when you when you see that, that that's the for the team. But overall, Claire were way superior. I think we got three pints from clay, lads, from our forward line. Three pints from clay. We had a strong breeze, which was a really considerable breeze in the second half. We didn't score for 20 minutes. We scored two goals. We scored no pint. Um you know, we have a few of the guys were just off form. And uh, I think overall, it was a really flat display from Tipperary. Colin, the, you, you know, you have to give him some leeway. He's after coming in at the deep end, Colin Bonnery's matching team, because of the fact of they've had to blood new players. And those players did very well below in Waterford. But yesterday, we, you know, we, 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 we got caught, I suppose, in the headlights in a situation that Clare's running game, uh, their off-the-shoulder game, they they mixed up their game and their direct ball paid dividends on down on to Peter Duggan. And Ian Galvin profited from that as well in a big way, in the fact they had made space for him as well. So we were we were really in a in a in a tough situation at half time. Uh Dan McCormick was pulled at half time. Do you know, I was only looking before you came in, lads, and it was nearly like a bet. I was looking at Tip Team that's on the wall there. Um I saw the three matters in the front, Bonner, Paddy and yeah. Brendan sitting beside each other. Bub- Bubbles, <laughs> Bubbles, Jamie Cannon and Nile O'Mara. People forget about Nile O'Mara, Bill O'Mara as we call him. All scrappers, all huge men in the air, all great warriors to the very, and I suppose Colin, you know, he's, he's, he's playing with one hand tied behind his back from the point of view, that he's had to blood these youngsters, and he's getting the stick for it now. You know, I heard Parag Joy saying, you know, this took three years to happen, Galway winning against Mayo yesterday. After four attempts, I think, against Mayo. So I think this, this situation, Colum has got to be patient. We can't throw the ties out of the pram. It was a huge defeat for us. It was a big victory for Clare. And what's going to transpire from now is that, obviously, the public Republic have got to bite their lips and have that bit of patience. But, of course, it's easier said than done in a county like TIP, as you well know.
3: Oh, sure. I can only imagine, Ken, like, you know, just hurling wall-to-wall wall almost. And I would say, in fairness to Cullum, you know, two of the best men I thought for yesterday were Craig Morgan. Again, I think, backed up his farm, um, in terms of, you know, the amount of ball he got on. Joe Brown, you know, was a huge positive in the second half. Um, the amount of players he was in, Carl Barrett was his usual. Like, even though I'd say Claire threw him a little bit with Robin Mounsey, Going on, he might say he was saying who, (laughs) you know. Yeah, (laughs) none of us. I mean, I know, and look at, I know, Tipper are are down key. Like, I mean, the the men you mentioned there, monumental men, maybe clear, not missing. But I would say Ed McCarthy, Mark Rogers, they'd be big losses. Just wanted to ask you, Ken, without breaking confidences, look at, I know your son is in goal. was, Was the Tommy thing a bit of a distraction during the week? And would that have upset things a little bit? Like, I. You know, I got, I, I was kind of delighted with that she played fairly well in Watford because I thought it put Claire really... Lads coming in now to the bar to me, I said, Jesus, Claire won't be at the way a tip hurled below in Watford and if one has Watford, maybe it's the big threat to Limerick. And I thought just things were working in Claire's. field. You know the way the, the zen has to happen for you and things have to fall in. And like I, I, you know the regard I have for Tommy, sure, I wouldn't, you know, mm. wouldn't, when I was on, a yeah. couple of bits of contact with him late in the week, you know, just keep telling him keep the chin up and get your appeals in there, kid. And, um, but would that have be, been a factor, do you think, in the overall
4: flatness? I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it is because, like, Tommy, obviously the continuity from the previous management, right, of, of Liam Sheedy's management. So he's the only one. And it took a huge amount of persuasion because that management went and then Colin came in. So Colin then had to build a management team. And I think there was a lot of work done in the background because Tommy, you know, is such a genuine man. He's given so much to the very coach, minor, 21, and senior All-Ireland winning teams. And I know better than anyone, you know, coach with me with the 21 team. So I know what Tommy gives to it. And Tommy's a very quiet disposition, but on the field, in training, he gives of his all of his body. He gives of his mental strength to, to relay it to the players, to transfer it to the players. And he's done a huge amount of work with this new group coming in uh, uh, with a new management. So I think it's so destroying for Tommy to be in the situation he's in because like if anything, uh, I'd have been always with, you know, when Tommy as a player and Tommy as, as a coach, you'll be saying, Tommy, you know, I suppose assert yourself even stronger, be stronger, be a stronger personality because you're, you're such a savage uh, ability to coach people and manage people. So I think this is a huge kick in the teeth for Tommy uh, at the moment, being under the cosh, And probably in that situation, being undecided yesterday, he was subdued compared to the normal Tommy that can travel around because you don't want to inflict the wrath of going on the pitch again and someone's pointing a finger at you or coming off the pitch or something like that. So um, every little element, as you well know, lads, it's all made up of little elements. And every little element counts in that situation. But it was a muted February performance. Uh, We can't get away from that. That aggression factor was never there yesterday. Uh, we didn't We didn't come up to the pitch of the game. Um, everything that we tried didn't work. We created opportunities we didn't finish them from the very start. So yeah. from that perspective, it was just one of those days, lads. And we've all had them. You mentioned that, day yourself. We've all had those days. But we cannot just uh, despair at this stage. We have two big games left in the Championship. Tip and Limerick is always a local derby in the Gaelic grounds. Tip will have to be... Really chomping at the bit in the next two weeks. There's no time to feel sorry for us. The way the round robin works, lads, it's the hard You know, the rugby guys that tap each other off the pitch. You know, the soccer guys to get ready for the next game, and and with the round robin, uh, tip at least a two weeks to recover to revive themselves. The same as Cork of two weeks to revive themselves next Sunday against there So I think Tip will just have to have a bit of soul searching in that dressing room. We're going down to the lines then in the Gaelic Grounds. But we must throw off the shackles, you know, and, you know, the Bonners of this world that we haven't seen. We saw him for 20 minutes. We didn't see him yesterday. The Paddy Caddells of this world that we haven't seen. Obviously, John McGrath's injury is a huge blow, but we've got to just gel together, uh, work harder than ever, and throw the kitchen sink at at, at, at Limerick in the Gaelic Grounds. Basically, that's what we have to do. The the very same as we did against Waterford. And and you know we matched Water poke for poke uh, for the majority of that game.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still to play for. I will. Would, uh, people
4: wouldn't be fancying your chances, I
3: suppose. again, with the with the score difference and going to play Limerick, obviously. But Limerick, yeah. It's you just have to drive on. That's that's the reality, Mac. Um, you would you be? I don't know what way you'd have felt about Clare's performance. Obviously, you probably
2: just you have to worry about yourselves. I suppose, have you? Oh <laughs> we want to worry about the selectors maybe and see what they want to do like because I tell you there's a, every every scribe I'd say in Cork at this moment in time knows after saying the same thing as we said in the podcast about twi- twisting and sticking, you know, the centre back position, Mark Coleman, uh Melrick um why isn't Hamley starting, all this kind of stuff. There they're a couple of questions that need to be answered and without Without even having to see training, I'll be just saying, I presume John Melrick is going to be picking up uh, Tony Kelly, wherever he plays. I'm presuming that. I don't think we'd have to go too far because he was given the responsibility to map TJ Reid last year. He's fully fit, so I would presume he'll be marking him. The biggest quandary then is. He's dead. He's dead. He's
3: dead. Can I just ask you, Mark? He's dead? Yeah. After watching yesterday, he's dead. Of- I think Ken summed it up very well. Like, we didn't get a 10 out of 10 Tony on the ball and scoring, but look at the space he created by dragging Shemi Kennedy right. out. There. Is that a concern? Like, that, you know, you're Wait, not I, so. I, I... But look, just, just let me finish. Um, yeah. yeah. You're not so sure about three and six, and then you're taking Mellerick out of there, like following Tony, who'll who'll drift back the field. Like, I, would you be as well off with Tony getting maybe. One four from play and your six backs being solid
2: Um you know I, I, okay so I suppose just, just to answer the question I, I suppose the three and six yeah <laughs> three and six have been a problem for a long long time uh, Brian Cochran and Diomera Sullivan haven't really been replaced by uh, no they were two magnificent players themselves so it's very hard to replace guys like that Um Mark Coleman, obviously, is the, is the big enigma, really. Like, it's what he's contributing to the overall um, thing here. So, you know, John Melrick is a man-marker, Anthony. And he's a very, very effective man-marker. He's been in, he's ended up in the middle of the field for the league final and the first round of the championship against Limerick. And Jor, I think, with all due respects, is a better man-marker than probably most of the backs that we have at this moment in time. And we've often commented on how loose the cock backs are also. So, Tim Manny's is very loose, you know. Um, the only other person who's capable of marking somebody like Tony Kelly would be Sean O'Donoghue, and I don't think that Cork is going to bring him out of the full back to mark him. So, it, you know, in essence, which was, you were asking me, are we better off to concede 1-4 from play for Tony Kelly? Absolutely not, because if Tony Kelly gets 1-4 from play, every other player, player will think that they're – Christy Ring, I suppose, really, because he will ignite Who, the clear team. Who's that? That's what who's he'll that? do. He likes who's that? that? Well, who's Wing? that? Yeah. yeah, did you hear it? I thought you missed just for a second. <laughs> so. In other words, I think an awful lot of your players will grow two feet taller if Tony Kelly scores 1-4 from play. So okay. to me, Cork need to shut down Tony Kelly and shut him down quick. And don't give the team any oxygen whatsoever from the get-go because if they will get it... they I think they will warm to the task the same as they did yesterday. So that's the first thing. The second question is who's going to start full-back. I'm really, really hoping that Darrow Leary will be fit to play against Tip this Wednesday night in the under-20 game. And I certainly hope that he'll be allowed to play in the match is the big thing. Because he could do the championship match under his belt. And if he's an option, then I think it's either him or Rob Downey will play full-back to Mark Duggan. That's the big call. After Duggan's performance yesterday, now he'll need to be marked by somebody with a bit of size. Other than that, then, the John Conlon factor, because he was magnificent yesterday. Oh, are, you going to pay, are you going to pay young Barrett on John Conlon, or do you put in the, the warrior for the last 10 years on this cock forward, and like Jamie Hannity, restore him to his best position, centre forward, and, lads, stop playing around messing with the puck oh. out. You to drive a few balls down the top of Shemi Hannity and you have your runners then coming in in the front and in the behind for the breaking ball. Hannity is our number one ball winner. I can't understand in the league final, playing wing forward, hit hardly any ball whatsoever during the course of the game and then taking an off five or ten minutes in the second half. Doesn't make any sense to me. It looks like the selectors are trying to move him on, if you ask me. I'm, I'm shocked at that, to be honest with us. But when you get new management in they kind of sometimes feel the young players have to be blooded. I'm always of the view, blood the young fellas when they prove they're good enough to take the jersey from the men before them. And I don't think there's any, like Kieran Joyce has proved it. Darrow O'Leary was proven, but he I think he had a broken bone in his foot. And they played him against Kilkenny in the league semi-final. That's turned out now to be proved positive that he had a broken bone in his foot. But he seems to be back fully training, which would be a big plus, I think, for Cork. Um, But I think in the overall context, Anthony, Cock are well-worn now. And you asked me in Limerick a couple of weeks ago what was the most important game of the season for Cork. I kind of was intimating that prior to the question that the Cork and Clare game was the most important because I didn't really fancy Cork against Limerick. I know we all know, and I think you know, and the whole Munster public will know, the Cork, whoever wins the game on Sunday, I think, will be fighting out for that third position. That's, that's the way I call it at, at this moment in time.
3: You sound confident, Domac.
2: I'm not, but oh Jesus, you couldn't be confident. You couldn't be confident because you just don't know what's going to happen with the way that... Listen, I think Owen Cadigan um, had a very, very good article in the paper last week on the Examiner where he said he felt that there was an arrogance amongst the cock selectors now that they weren't going to twist the team because it was a case of, oh, we're cock or. This is that this management team or this coaching staff. This is what we are. We know our players best. I think ninety nine percent of the public in Cork want changes made, and it'll be brave management now, Della. Brave management now need to step up and make a couple of changes to try and get us over the line on Sunday.
3: Yeah, um, I don't know if we've lost um, Ken. I know he has to go, and we we were delayed starting. So if if he's gone. Um can't TJ, Claire, would the bother going to tour? what what did you think of Claire? I I don't know, Cork. We've had a good spiel about Cork there now. Like
1: so slightly yeah, important. I I I've I've heard I've heard I've heard very little about Claire uh, so far, but I've heard a good bit about Tip and Cork. So I'll I will i go back to the start. I, I was actually complimentary enough of Tip's defensive structure against Waterford in the first round. And I don't hmm. know whether they just disregarded, as you said there, what Claire could bring. Like, there were so many things wrong with the performance from their own point of view, their defensive structure in what they allowed in the first half, their general work rate, um, all around the pitch, their tackling. It just wasn't where it should have been. And it wasn't anywhere near the intensity they brought to Walsh Park. So I, I don't know whether that was anything to do with Tommy Dunn. And that particular incident, I know it's going to be appealed. And, you know, I, 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 I just see even with Johnny Murphy, like he's getting blamed by the hip people, but we don't even know the full side of the story there. That's what went on. So that shouldn't really have been a factor for the players. I would have thought playing at home in Turles, nice big home crowd, that they would have wanted to go and deliver a performance, building on that. And, and that's what Tip normally have done in the past, but there was an awful lot wrong here. On the flip side of that, Dillo, there's an awful lot to like about the Clare setup in that he's had a run now a like, little bit... I won't say injury-free, but he's got his big players. Like Shane O'Donnell doing forward, like does creativity, there's movement, there's pace. Like he, he sees the passes quicker than a lot of players. He has that bit of vision that you'd like where he, he can see something happens very quick. Duggan, obviously, in the full forward line is a big handful. He's a scoring forward. He brings something different. And that takes the pressure hugely off TK, as we well know. As you said there already, like the likes of Ryan Taylor... Robin Mounsey, I know Young Mehan didn't play. Like these guys have stepped up too, right? Colin Long going to the middle of the field. So there's an awful lot to like about the Declare Declare offense for sure. Whether the defense can match up against maybe a team that might be a little bit more clinical than Tip yesterday, and maybe if he didn't throw as many hurries in the defense uh, going forward, <laughs> where maybe the referee could pick up on uh, <laughs> them. They, they are questions for for, for Clare. So can can Declare defense um, sort? the the Cork attack next week. I'm I'm sure it can, and and, and that's going to be where the game is going to be won and lost. But there's huge fluidity now in teams, right? So TK could play inside this week. And what I would say to teams like Tipperary and Cork is, my, my my mantra in the past would have been: you have to fix your own house first. You have to start with the defence. Mm. You have to make sure that you get that bit right, and then build from there. Because there's no point in Cork coming out next week and maybe set up Jeremy Ray to pick up Tony Kelly at wing forward or midfield or whatever, and Tony Kelly starts at 13, and then the whole thing is thrown again. Like because they, 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 all, all those things are potentially possible, right? But the 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 the, the point for Cork, which Mark has touched on here, is. Like, is there going to be a change? That's number one. Like, there's a little bit of, what would you call it, admiration for a coaching team who, when something doesn't work, that you back it and stick with it and say, right, I I still believe in this. This will work, right? Now, how do you differentiate between that and Madness Dale doing the same thing over and over again? That's the challenge for the coaching team. And I think we've all been there.
3: Yeah. 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 No, it's
1: a good point. And I... One of the things with Claire,
3: like is that I know people would question like would they have John Conlon up full forward or corner forward or wing forward? I liked Cleary and Conlon yesterday. tip did have a couple of chances early on. Never could again made a great save, but you consider I suppose the second goal was very soft. A mistake, I suppose, like that. Any goal he can make. Um you know, but like I liked the three and sixteen cleary he w- he doesn't clear a, m- a mountain of ball, but his men seldom does much, and we saw the damage Marko could do below much Park and didn't get any latitude like that. Like so, whereas Cock the doubts about three and six and a clear. No, every day is different, but I thought the answer a good bit of that, and there's no doubt about it Paul Flanagan and and Rory Hayes oh, yeah. had great games as well. Like so, yeah, I, I, Dave McInerney's best championship game in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. What yeah, it was just. Well. We're just tip way off it, and maybe we got a fall since they were. the
1: previous week. They were, they were definitely way off it. Taylor. Like you see their tackle count, and it said even the scoring from play, it was just off whatever it was. Now maybe like sometimes you put that down to the opposition to say they were not left to it, and like they got pulled and dragged a lot of places the half back line for tip, and Claire had overloads time and time again in that runners. And as I said, Sh- Shane O'Donnell is a line breaker, whether it is with his vision or his pace, or his just ability to see that pass, and he's definitely making... Like, he's not tied up inside in the full forward, Rendello, so he is a ball player. Like, I think for, for Brian to have all those players available to him is definitely a big plus for Claire.
3: Yeah, the puck outs, we highlighted the puckouts a bit last night, and, you know, I just felt Claire were a bit one-dimensional. Now, I did... And I do think as well, like, you're 13 up at half time, You're saying, ever let it down the field, like, and Dougie coming out from full forward to try and contest but. A lot of it came yeah. back at them. I think you'll have to look at Limerick maybe in Waterford and have to try and change up the puck out a bit for next week, Mark, because one, yeah. we are I know you've said it, let it down in Harley at 11, and yeah, you, that, but you can't be too predictable either, can you? And I thought Claire were a little bit too predictable in the second half.
2: Yeah, but like, I, I would say, look, there's a huge amount of theory going into the game, and I think Limerick are magnificent now, right? They're, they're like they're back, they're, they're the same level now as what Kilkenny were when they were going for the five in a row. And I'd actually go as far as to say they might evenly be a little bit better than Kilkenny, I would suspect. Um, It would be just a fantastic matchup if you could go back and have that Kilkenny team and the current Limerick team. And it's great the way they they use the ball, fantastic. And because they have the best players. And when you have the best players, it's very easy to. I suppose, have a game plan and execute a game plan when you have the very, very best fellas available. But when you don't have the best fellas then, Anthony, you've got to make up with work rate, determination, attitude, all those, you know, very good traits that an awful lot of our holders in this country have. So, I don't know.
1: The piece, piece, I I know what you're saying about theory, right, but like, But Dale was saying there about puck outs, right? You can't just go along and belt 12 or 13 puck outs long, right? And not be winning only one or two of them because that'll eventually come in hot shot, right? So you have to have some sort of a structure around it that there is potential for movement within the game. I think that's what Limerick do really, really well. So if you can go short and you have the players to ping one or two balls and Waterford did it as well through that middle turret, great. The option to go along every now and again where you have a ball winner, but you can't keep doing something. You can't keep going short if they're breaking down. And I even see something on on, on Twitter during the week there, that that guy Sean Flynn who did great stats on mm. hookouts. That basically when you win short is did you win them in the in your, in, in the opposition half? Like so, again, interesting reading, right? So yes. I, I I know what we're saying about we don't want a huge amount of theory, but at the same time you have to play it to your own team strengths, and if that is that, you, that going short works better for you, well then, that's what you have to do. If you can win your poke outs long, then that's what you have to do. In Cork's situation, if you keep going long with poke outs, you're not winning them, well then the boys have to go short. Ask, have, that's a
2: different it, story. I if, know that. If it, it, yeah. it's,
1: it's trying to merge those two plans and have the fluidity within a half to say, right, right this isn't working, we need to change it up quick. And that's where you're on-field leaders and that's where you're all around knowledge and your video analysis, the week or two up to the game, where you're showing the opposition, this is what they're good at, these are their stats, they're really good at this, and then they change it, and this is how we counteract it. That's what's in the but, game today, whether we like it or whether we don't. And okay. I, I, I'm going to say this one with, point, right? yep. there's a lot of club teams now trying to play the ball short, and they don't have the players to do it. So mm-hmm. the key but, thing is, whatever system
2: you come up with, you have to be happy that your players can execute can that, exec- that, that system. They can execute the plan, exactly. So the last thing I think that the cock want this to see happening, particularly the public. And look, I know the players and the management won't care what the public will will look at, it. but if you go to the cornerback who comes across to the fullback, who goes out to the other cornerback and back, back to, to the goalie the people, <laughs> and then launch it, I'll tell you now, TJ, collect the P45 before you leave Tullis next Saturday or next Sunday. If that's going to... If we... Now, you, you have a very good racing friend here that you went down to meet Henry de Bramhead with last Thursday, and I happened to meet him on Saturday because there was an under-6 football blitz down in Killer. And he said to me, Mark, I never thought I'd see the day where I wouldn't want to go to see Cork playing. But he said, I came out of Tullus after the league final and I promised myself I'd never go and see them again. It was such a disgusting performance. And he didn't go to the Limerick game, I'm led to believe. But if he saw the Limerick game live, he'd have been tearing down to the selectors and telling them, lads, for God's sake, this is a game of hurling. Would you get on with it and and give the forwards a bit of a chance down below? Because if you're to win any game, the forwards will do the scoring, but they can't do the scoring, TG, if they haven't got the ball. The defenders don't need to have the ball back over and back to field, trying to make themselves look good and say, I got 45 possessions today, but I didn't come forward three yards. Stop the lights, will you? Come on,
1: let's, <laughs> let, 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 let's just say the three of us are in, in the Cork management team this week and we're going playing Claire, right? So we're not privy to how training has been going and how players are playing, right? So I suppose the big question that they, those guys have is you sit down, and this is the reality is, is do they stick or twist, right, with what they believe? They believed at the start of the season that Mark Coleman was going to do a job for the team the way they want to play at six. So changing that now is a big call. So, like, they, they're either backing themselves, right, and they're going to try to prove the rest of us wrong to say this can work, which it can, right, or else they change. So that's the big call from this week.
2: But I think they have to ago, change. I
3: think they have to change to I, a I certain extent. No doubt,
2: there's no doubt they have to change. Like, three three years ago, John Myler had left Mark Ellis off the team, off the panel. He was in this. He was up in the terrace, and a week later, he was centre-back and Cork won. Now, that's a bit dramatic, I would have to say. Mm. I think there's a couple of tweaks that could be done. I think Mark Coleman out to the wing. Either Rob Downey goes full-back or Daryl Leary comes full-back. Um, Tim O'Maney, his positioning. Do you move him to the forwards or not? There's a couple of those key questions, TJ. Well, sure. And if, Del- they, if they get them right... Now, I, I do believe if the three of us sat down, we'd come to a conclusion about what would be the best starting fifteen. It would but probably me, take us a while. It could, it could, but we'd get done. We'd get done. And we'd have a good chance of winning.
1: I would say there's a strong possibility, Marco, that TK will be positioned at number 11 on Sunday. Just to test whatever you come up with early doors to see, are you really buying into that? Are you going man-marking? So that's the big question again, is what you do then. So now are you throwing plan B out of the way and you're going to plan C. So that's the fluidity within teams where you as your manager of your team, have to back your system to say, look, the opposition are going to try different things, but we have to back what we're doing. And if those management teams back Mark Coleman again, it's because they believe that this will work.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, look, it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to going to it. I hope the Cork Crow don't give up altogether and come to Torleson. We'll have a good bit of crack outside the old... Greyhound track beforehand and old maybe bottle of cider and uh, <laughs> I know Mark I, I think he'll be back and there's no fear of he. I, I, I think I think um it's very close last year between the teams Patrick Collins made a great save from TK and I, yeah. I expect it to be as close again to be honest I, I, I think it's going to be down to I know if I'm but if I'm a Cork player now I'm, I'm loving this like because Clare come out and beat Tip eight points and I I, I think it's right up Cork's alley but at the same time I understand that you just would have concerns I, I'm just, I'm just wondering where,
2: where yeah, I'm wondering where the morale of the team is right now Anthony that's that's yeah. the big thing for me and we've had a good bit of success against Clare in the last decade I, I would say to be fair and a lot of those players have had a good bit of success but you know Tony Kelly is an know, exceptional, exceptional yeah, player I think you're on
1: the front football before we move on from it the, the bookies make Cork reasonably strong favourites yeah, what is it, 47 okay. or something?
2: It's Yeah,
1: isn't it? it? Yeah. 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 How much have seen, so... Anyway. let um, will we, we,
3: we'll have a look at Leinster. Um, obviously, and much to be said about Kikini 234 scoring and Galway 337. Like, it's just... I don't know where we're going should. with that. Like, it's just... Uh, I suppose we talked a bit about it last night and, um, you know, it's not easy. But look at um, solutions. We might get a chance someday to have a good... Myself and Don Law get a bit of a chance last night. Yes, I, I know we got plenty jib on Twitter afterwards that um, there wasn't any coverage really of the John McDonough down long, like you know, so I, I understand that as well and I know when you're on the Sunday game as the time constraints are incredible. Like you're just But
2: tell me, Anthony, is, is is there any thought going into having a, a hurling Sunday game and a football Sunday game? And you can watch it behind the red button, whichever one you want to watch, like because there's yeah. just too many games to be covered now and mm. The, the boys in the Christie ring and the John McDonough—they are dead right because it, the lack of respect shown, the lack of TV coverage of those two sports, is critical. And if you're playing in the lower leagues and the lower championships, you do want some of that media attention. And for me, it is coming—it's coming close now that you have to have a hurling TV show and a G, and, and a football TV show. For me, like.
3: Yeah, well, TJ has been banging that drum there for a while, and I look at my. I... I like I'm kind of honoured to be on the Sunday game. You know, I mean, I mean, they took me back after... I left them after two years and went off to coach the dubs and took me back. And I really enjoy it. It's, I suppose you're not a player, you're not a mentor. It's nice to be involved. You know, even what we do here, we love doing it because we get a chance to express our views and that. But yeah, the time constraints are and, and rights and all that is an issue. And I, hopefully it could be ironed out. I know rights are, I think... Oh god, I, I won't go bluffing now, but I think they're up, they're due to be renegotiated or whatever. So hopefully the GA would see this as a way to, to promote the
1: game and give it more time. Yeah, it's important. The other thing that's madness, Delo, is this this Sunday, two big hurling games on, and they're both on at two o'clock on Sunday. I pff, I don't know who's making bonkers. those decisions, but bonkers. Mm. Of course, you have massive amount of football games
3: really kicking off now as well. And uh yeah, yeah, but we but, the hurling fraternity but that's,
2: that's, that's more to the point that the whole thing should be on at two different times. Even a Saturday yeah,
3: night one. game. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be going to the Saturday Even It would suit everybody. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah, I know. It's your luck. But anyway, um, hopefully we, we might actually dedicate maybe even I know, a midweek show, the three of us, and get a couple of guests on and talk about where where the future is. I know we're up against the clock today, and that's my fault. Well, not really my fault I don't know. I thought I had perfect Wi-Fi here in the hotel. But anyway... Um, still your fault hello. I know It's still my fault Ultimately <laughs> Lads You don't listen to me Too often the 2E, you? know, I know you're better At the horsey game Than I am And, and you're good With the tips and, and that kind of thing And But like you, you were told The three in Leinster Would be the Dubs And Galway And Kilkenny But you just don't listen to me Like Did you go along With me in that TJ? I certainly did not you know? <laughs> okay okay <laughs> um, Good game Different type of game I suppose It hadn't the intensity Of the later game Saturday But a great win For Dublin Um Wexford, you'd be pulling your hair out a bit if you're a Wexford supporter, like with that And yet they nearly pulled it off again, like as if Liam Ryan Is had taken on the shot be coming away with another draw and they miss the penalty, I suppose, and and Conor McDonald's was amazing. It, didn't go it was a the great
1: goals. goal chance, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, a it like, was. yeah they've had two penalties on both games. And like Marcus struck both of them well, like one went over and one was well saved. And I mean, they're critical. Like when TK got the penalty yesterday, there was only one result. And I mean, they, they, they are huge. The couple of frees for Wexford as well that they missed. And when Chin came on, then he nailed them. And I, I very I just don't little, know very it. little support up front for Rory O'Connor, I'd have to say. it. Yeah. Very little, very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. was outstanding, uh, like. He was. He was. I, I, I just think that, as I said, it was a huge game. Like, um, the power is with Dublin now in terms of trying. Like, if, if, if they can uh, beat the other two and to get to six points, I suppose, like, Wexford will be looking for maybe a big, big win over Kilkenny or else. To be Kikinney, yeah. Probably to beat Kilkenny and, and, and see where that takes them. But yeah, they'll be disappointed. Like, to get so close again in the finish, Dublin were kind of, they kind of kept pushing that four and five point, and the wind was a factor, and they got ahead, but. Look, you highlighted it last time Like that whole strategy now about the restarts puck outs, your offensive plan and your defensive plan and how much tear you go into Mark, that is part and parcel of the modern game and it's mm-hmm. trying to mix that with the right players the right brand of play that suits you having your players playing really well within the system and giving them the freedom within that, so it's a combination of all of them and like I said before, the reason that the Mikey Beavins and the Paul Kinerks are where they are and the reason that we are where we are, are aligned.
2: Yeah, yeah. I for, don't know. I will say, right, OK, just back to you on that now, right? I don't really know how the three of us would fit into the current system when two of us would want to get the ball in the hand and maybe lamp it down into a corner forward. As fast I didn't as possible right. I've never said that. No, if you're including me with you on that on that <laughs> line of things. <laughs> so you're telling me you would want to be getting the ball half back, and you want to be flicking it back to Frank Law and then getting him to strike the ball on the field or striking it back to, to, to Brian Law and is it back to Fitty? I don't think so. Dele. Back to 50, Back to 50. Back to Fitty. Yeah. Yeah, I like any any of many any man that goes over to shiny McMahon and tells him Shawnee, step aside there my friend I'll take this free now right because the All Ireland is on the line. I don't I I'll, I'll tell you this much if you were a player in the cork camp I'd say you'd be saying listen now Donny Grady and your great knowledge on game plans I'll be lamping a few of them down to Hoggy there full forward and it's his problem if he's not willing to run or get out from behind Mike Casey and get into freedom. Because there was a lot of that now last week with a couple of forwards not making any runs at all. So I'd say Sean, I don't know Tim O'Maney would be fairly happy with the forwards last week when they looked up and there was nobody running. So there's a couple of things to be done. But um, anyway, saying all that, going back to Dublin, Dela, I picked um, I picked Wexford to get through because of the home crowd. And they nearly got there in the end. But for me, Wiley Chin didn't start is a big question for me because I thought he got his half an hour under his belt the previous week. This was the key game for Wexford to win. For them to qualify, they ultimately needed to win this game and unfortunately they've come up short and he had a magnificent game, Lee Chin, when he came on and he dragged him back into the the game. So I, I was a bit surprised that he wasn't starting.
1: He's gone there, Marco. He must have either got sick of listening to us or, uh, or else he got sick of, I don't know, maybe talking about it. But it, it, it was, I like Chen, he, he played no league time and as I said, he, he, wasn't, he hasn't been involved at all. And you would have thought, I even thought, Marco, when the team was named, that he, that he would have started because he did have an influence the last day when he came on. And again, Big he, time. he had a huge influence yeah. coming on. But just, you know, that's, that's probably that, in between systems and plans as well for Wexford and maybe coming out of the the, the post Davy Fitz era
2: and stuff. Just I don't know, it just I say it'll be disappointed. It was such a key game. I thought the chin would actually start it, and he nearly he nearly rescued the game for them because he scored six or seven points in the in in the second half. And if he'd been on from the start, he probably would have scored most of the frees. There was a couple of frees missed and stuff of that. So. But they have a bit of head-scratching because they had a very, very good league but now they've only got one point and they've used up their two matches at home. So they're going to find it very, very difficult to qualify down there. They'll be looking for other teams to do them favours to qualify. Yeah.
1: He's gone again there. Um, I think so, yeah. In, in, yeah. in Leinster, Marco, I'm planning to head to Salt Hill for the weekend, so big game there. Uh, Henry versus Brian Cody the weekend, so 2pm on Sunday. I've been looking forward to this one for quite a while. So yeah. um,
2: Mas- yeah, Master uh, against master against pupil in that one, TJ. Cause, uh, it'll be a very strange occasion, I think, for Henry Shefflin. It won't be anything strange for, for Cody because he's used to taking on the biggest and the best of them along the way. But I suppose for me, Shefflin being at home, I think a young manager carries that verve that he wants to win he'd be a bit like the young bull and the old bull I think I'd be given even though I do think Kilkenny will probably win Leinster I think Galway being at home and it's Henry's I suppose first big game against Kilkenny I think Galway might sneak it TJ
1: yeah look Kilkenny have had a nice ease into the championship they've had, they've had their couple of wins they'll be happy with that um, Galway have had a tough game in Wexford they're at home I suppose pressure is on it's just to get a result and I'd imagine for Henry, I, I'd say he'd just love to get one over on Cody, but as you said not not, not, not gonna be easy, but definitely a good game. Marco, you obviously you think in, in the other big game you think that you can get a result against Claire? I was gonna I was gonna ask yourself and Dalo, I'm assuming you will be staying with the heart and still Nile to your own county. And for yeah. me to call it and get off the fence, I was impressed enough with Claire forwards, but I think Cork will win actually the weekend. I think they might have a little bit to spare. I tip Cork to go through as the third team in Munster and I'll stay with that for the moment. But as I said, you have to fix that the middle of that defense. Yeah. Um
2: I I, do you, do you... I think no, TJ, I yeah, I look, I'm, I'm really hoping Cork win because I want a situation where we have to go to Waterford and I'd like I'd love to see us being on the front foot now with a championship win under the belt going in to play Waterford if we could. Like, if we get beaten by Claire, you have to win your last two games then, and you have to go to water for to win. I still think we'll have to get results. That's the thing after the weekend. But Friday night at nine o'clock now, TJ, I'll have a better indication of okay. the result Absolutely. on Sunday. So I'll be waiting, I'll be sitting on the fence now until I see the team, and then I'll have a, a better indication.
1: I'll be on my way home from Punchestown. I, I will await your call. Punchestown starts tomorrow, guys. Great racing festival as well to look, to look forward to. The other couple of things we have to touch on, Marco. First of all, it's the fantasy. Um, good weekend for myself. I, I scored well. And I'm happy enough with the position I'm in now because I changed my captain from Stephen Bennett on week one. And I went with TK. So you can see I'm up to third. And my weekly score was I say it could be my first time ever, Larry, having the top weekly score with two hundred eighty-three. And given what's coming next weekend, I have two players from Cork and I have two players from Clare, so I'm I, I, I'm i I'm happy enough. So I'm putting myself within striking distance. I've kind of yeah, put a little bit yeah. of distance like, between myself and yourself, so I'm I'm I, I, I'm I'm happy enough there. But overall, there we have uh, Larry struggling a little bit, like Tip. And in the overall, yeah, let like see, only, only 250, Larry, 434, 4, 4, 4, yeah. so a, a, a little bit like that. And uh, you'll see Owen Calligan is taken up the rear. In the celebrity rank, or in the examiner one, uh, Ross Kelly from NACE, I tip my hat to you, Ross, 338 points. Phenomenal. That's some
2: score. That's brilliant. That
1: is some score. I'd I, I, I be doing well it in two weeks. And there's a buddy of mine there, John, John O'Connor, no longer the Whipping Boys of Munster. Uh, another phenomenal score on 329. But you can see there, that's the type of uh, pick. A couple of more of them there from Six Mile Bridge and a couple of lads from party as well making up the top five. So, great score, lads. And we're getting over 300. is just Unbelievable. So yeah, for the rest of us, work to do, but a long way to go. A long way to go. Um yes. in relation to still the, the horse racing Hors- the Horsham- syndicate, Marco, we're nearly there. You'll be sending out yeah. emails this week to tie in with people. Um, practically there. We'll be oh. we'll be tidying things up. So watch this space. So still room for if you want to join. Yeah. Four
2: hundred and six hundred and sixty members now, and the big question that a lot of the members are saying is how do we join? How do we pay for this? Join? So it, it we, it'll we be understood, we, we're ready to go. We Give us a week. You'll have a link that you'll be able to join automatically. Anybody that has sent in an email, you are your membership has been ac- uh, accepted. So watch this space. Over the next three or four days, we'll be sending out a link for you. And you just click on the link and you join and you pay your membership. So really looking forward. And we have a horse going to Willie McCreary's. Uh, that's already a three-year-old, Guta Philly who's six months training done. So she'll be ready to rock pretty soon. And we have a second meeting with John Bollinger on Wednesday week, and we're hoping to tip into Willie Mullins in the afternoon for the for the afternoon tea. So lovely, I know fun, fun to be talking ahead. to Patrick. Patrick, he's 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 really looking forward to having us in the in the app. So Absolutely. all good, tea. Dan.
1: All good, and I had the great pleasure of meeting the great. Honeysuckle and the great Rachel Blackmore uh, last Friday so down in Henry's great day out so yeah so watch this space for more but that's it guys for the week yeah Dale unfortunately but it is him his Wi-Fi or maybe he didn't want to get excited about Claire. so lots to look forward <laughs> to two big games coming the weekend from myself and Marco Or and out and a grain of rice right. a grain all right want to tip the scale. Just remember that. Then. On, There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission wants to show that the we're no longer the whipping
3: bite of Munster.